Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback? Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within, combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. It's time to face the music. It's your day in court with a people's lawyer, Bruce Hagan, and attorney Ray Judice. This is your day in court on Extra 106.3. My name is Tug Cower. Appreciate you spending time with us. I want to start by uh, talking about what everybody's doing this time of year. Holiday parties, Christmas parties, and what do you need to be thinking about? when you go and especially when you leave we'll talk about that just a moment but first the experts who will be discussing it i want you to know how you can get a hold of them if you need their services bruce hagan yeah bruce hagan uh you can reach me anytime hagan-law.com is the website h-a-g-e-n so you can email me bruce at hagan-law.com you can also call me 404-522-7553 we handle personal injury cases of all sorts but whatever your question may be i'm sure we can help you if it If I don't know the answer, I at least know somebody very good who does know the answer and will point you in that direction. Yeah, something tells me you'll probably know the answer, though. Just working with you guys as long as I have, (laughs) I I feel confident you guys will probably know the answer. Ray, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, thanks. Ray Judice, G-I-U-D as in David, I-C-E, RayJudiceLaw.com. 404-964-4185. 404-964-4185. Guess what? That is my cell number, not my office number. You can look up the office number. Call me at home. <laughs> Call me on the weekend. You know, when I was a baby lawyer back in 1985, you know, it was still sort of banker's hours is our profession. You know, you called the office, and after 5 o'clock, maybe you got an answering service or somebody had a pager. We are 24-7 nowadays because in my line of work, and to some extent, Bruce is our profession, a lot of stuff happens after 6 o'clock at night yeah. and before 9 o'clock in the morning and on the weekends. So that's, a like big, a big, that's a big part about what we're going to talk about here exactly right now. Right. You're exactly right. So let me just again say, if you run into legal issues, call these guys. They can help you. They will help you. And they have the expertise to help you. That's the most important thing. This is why we do the show, Your Day in Court, so you know what your rights are. And I want to start with uh, holiday parties, Christmas parties. Going to and leaving, specifically leaving, Bruce. Yeah, and we'd like to help some people avoid perhaps having to have their day in court. Um, You know, this time of year, it's so great. We took a year off for COVID, but now it seems that holiday parties are back in full swing. And so uh, there's no shortage of opportunities to be out, to catch up with old friends or or work colleagues, whatever it might be, um, which raises the thing that Ray has dealt with for years and that is, you know, the folks who are intoxicated and leaving parties. I think the first thing we need to address is what you should do if you're attending a party and how to avoid becoming a drunk driver. Yeah, and that's sort of the flip side of what the host should do at the party. So, number one, try to have travel arrangements, whether it's one of the ride services, a dear friend, a limousine. You know what? Before Lyft and Uber, 
And you, Bruce, and you and I did all the holiday Christmas parties back in the day. We still do some of them, the lawyers' parties. I had a driver. It cost about 300 bucks for the night and yeah. a tip. It yeah. was worth every penny yeah. of it. it First it, of all, he parked what, up front. Yeah. That's what gets me about these professional athletes unbelievable. who get DUIs <laughs> or who kill people in their cars. It's like, look, go out and get a limo for the night or just buy a limousine service with your signing bonus. Right. And- <laughs> And and, yeah. and and get limoed somewhere so you don't put yourself in the position. Exactly right. And you know what? When you leave that party on Christmas Eve, you get into a nice warm car in the back seat with your partner and cuddle up and the driver brings you right to your home and gets you in. I mean, it's just not that hard. Look, soup to nuts for a first defense DUI between legal services, bail bond, all the problems with your insurance is probably about ten grand to fifteen for long lasting problems, you know, the insurance rates especially, maybe your employment. Uh, so make those arrangements up front. You know, don't have the uh, the couple of free ones at home before you get to the party. <clears throat> and that's part of the host liability issue that we'll also talk about is folks showing up at your party who are already, already tipsy or got a couple under their belt. And you, you don't know how much they've had to drink when they're before they get there. Um, and you may be responsible. Try not to do that. I'm I'm a drinker. I make no bones about it. I'm a Johnny Walker Black guy. Yes, sir. I've had a couple of those with you with me. But uh, when you have the one or two shots for courage before you leave the house, you're already you're already well down the line. So be cautious and uh, don't think rolling down the window or having a glass of water before you leave. It's not going to change your blood alcohol level over the next three hours after your stop because that's the relevant period of time in Georgia. For state-administered blood, breath, urine test, or other bodily substances, as the law says. Yeah, and it's never been easier to uh, avoid drinking and driving. There, there's just so many options. When In the old days when it used to be, I, I can take MARTA or I can uh, take a cab and maybe find a cab in this town. It's just it's not that easy, but it's never been easier. And so the, it's, it's really inexcusable to be out on the road drunk. What happens or what should you do if you're pulled over? Deterrence is the best, uh, of course, the best thing. Of course, of course. But let's say that, people but, blow through that. Uh, you know, this is when you should ha- have already written down Ray's phone number <laughs> uh, and be contacting him from the scene. I've, I've, I've heard stories of folks who have handed their cell phone to the police officer saying, my lawyer's on the phone. Please talk to him. <laughs> I have gotten those calls. And uh, it puts me in a little bit of a difficult position. Because I would I'm imagine. Tr- yeah, I'm trying to assess an on-scene. I'm trying not to instruct my client to obstruct justice or do anything like that. Uh, Well, number one, pull over. Not quickly, but don't screw around. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Because the officers hold it against you. Some of them will write you down for leaving the scene or obstruction or, Mm -hmm. you know, or or something like that. Get Try to park your car, if possible, in a lined space. I use that as an initial indicia in a cross-examination of an officer as well. Let's see. You pulled into this big empty parking lot at the Kroger, correct? Yes. An officer, did he pull into a lined space? Yes. Was his car properly parked as far as if you were looking at it? Yes. Okay, well, that's a visual balancing test right off the bat. Secondly, when the officers make you do the walk and turn and they don't give you a line, but the whole parking lot is lined, sometimes juries will say, hey, wait, that's not really fair. So try to get into a business, try to get under a spotlight or a street light if you can. Have your license and insurance ready. 
don't don't screw around yeah. and uh, you Which know that's I don't pretty, have that's to, pretty common sense though right it I is mean, you, but you start off right as opposed to starting yeah, off yeah, wrong that's fair. Okay? I say that but one of the things that officers are looking for is yeah. do they have any kind of reasonable suspicion right. that would allow them to then go ahead and start administering field sobriety tests and one of the checklist items is fumbled for their license handed you know? so, me his so, Sears and Roebuck card right. so right. if you have it out already it's it's Understandable that a person would be nervous I was when saying, they get pulled I over. Be. I and have been. And if an officer observes your hand slightly shaking as you're trying to pull this out, or or your wallet is tight because you've overloaded it with uh, punch cards from Chipotle, <laughs> the and George Costanza wallet. Yeah, you've got the Costanza wallet that's, <laughs> that's about right. to explode. You know, here you've already gone through it. You've pulled out the relevant uh, documents. I always tell people to keep your hands on the wheel yes. where they can be seen. I you know, it it's it's a very dicey moment when an officer is approaching your car. Let them see your hands right mm-hmm. there on the wheel. and, and In the police report, it, it reads the, the operator of the vehicle was making furtive movements with his hands, which concerned me, and therefore yeah. I pulled out my, my revolver. So, yeah, so those are the good things. Start off right. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Don't start. Don't get aggressive. Uh, these folks, have, first of all, have really difficult jobs. And if anybody's been watching the news, there's enough reason for both – the citizenry and law enforcement to be to concerned be with each other's behaviors. Yeah. So, what if they want to administer a field sobriety test? What should your answer right, be? Well, so here's there's a breakdown in his different tests. The first set of tests that the officer will ask you to do, and they kind of don't really do it the way I'd like to see him do, because the first set of tests are voluntary. Mm-hmm. A lot of officers don't use the word voluntary. What they say is. Hey, you know, mind if I check your eyes and do a few tests to make sure you're safe to drive? Well, that doesn't mean they're forcing you to do it, but it makes you think, well, I know if I'm if I'm cooperative here for nice Mr. Yeah, Officer's going right. to let me at least park my car and go with the Waffle House and call my partner. So, so the, the physical tests, which are, tend to be the inostagnus test, which follows the pupil movement, the walk and turn, the nine-step heel to toe, the leg lift, and the handheld breath test. Those are your standard four. There are others, but those are the ones that really have sort of risen to the day-to-day. You do not have to do them. They are voluntary. If you don't want to do them, don't make a big story about it. Just say, officer, I declined to take those tests. Don't don't start giving reasons about your football injuries and I took Motrin during the day or what, you can't what, what force about me. bringing up the sovereign citizen? Uh, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do I, that. I have a feeling some of the folks who listen Monday through Friday <laughs> oh, may think that they're in now. this category of I'm a sovereign citizen. Now. This officer has no authority over me. Go on. Um, I think that's not the time to. No, yeah. don't bring that up. So, so up. you know, the, the other thing, too, is that, you know, uh, there's a certain belief that these officers are doing these tests because they're just trying to get an honest assessment of your capability to drive. And the reality is they're looking for you to fail these tests. These tests are designed for failure. You know, when you're asked to recite six letters of the middle of the alphabet, yeah, start, I couldn't uh, do it right now without, without singing. You, you right. know. Yeah. Start at D, Element go to L, don't <laughs> sing them, yeah. don't, you know. Uh, when I have a jury trial in a DUI case, one of the things I'll ask the jurors to do in my closing argument, is before you render verdict, go back there and do these tests on your own. Not on the side of the roadway at 2 o'clock in the morning with blue lights flashing and one officer tapping on his taser. Uh, do them in the beautiful conference room that the court has provided with the nice, firm carpeting. And if I hear them back there laughing and knocking into the chairs, that means they're trying to do the walk and turn and they're failing it. Mm-hmm. That's helpful to me. That test is called the divided attention test. It has so many subparts about standing in the right 
position, left foot in front of the right, nine steps, heel to toe. Then you got to do a little pivot dance. Count them out loud. Keep your head down. Hands at your side. You know, yeah. it's like, what? Huh? And then the, yeah, and then the officer checks. In the meantime, a, tra- a double wide track to trailer yeah. is blown oh. by you. And, and yeah. the officer's checking off that the... Uh, the suspect failed to follow my instructions. Exactly, which the instructions yeah. are insane. So yeah, that's right. It, it's uh, it, I've only tried one DUI case as yeah. a young lawyer uh, because I thought I would do this before yeah. I discovered personal injury cases. Um, and I remember just asking the officer, "Show me the things here on your form that you check off that indicated that my client was not intoxicated and that did not that showed that he did these yeah, tests correctly." Right. And it's like we're not interested in those we're only showing the things that he failed that's right because yeah. right. they're not trying right. to get to an honest but the, the, the real hurdle in these cases are, and the real decision that one must make is will you take the state administered breath blood urine or other bodily substances which is hair for drug cases because hair is the most sensitive to the drugs uh that's really where you've got to make a decision on the side of the road so a couple quick things you are not under georgia law entitled to call your lawyer to help you make that decision you would think it would be but you're not wow you are read what's called the implied consent warning. It is not the Miranda rights warning. That's something different. Implied consent means when you got your Georgia driver's license, you have already in advance impliedly consented to giving a sample of your blood, breath, or urine upon probable cause finding by the officer who doesn't have to prove that at the side of the road. Uh, and if you don't give that test, there is a one-year complete suspension of your Georgia driver's license while you go ahead and fight that DUI in court. Wow. So if you do not take it, you can lose your license Up for a year. Up to a year. Correct. Wowzers. It, it's part of the privilege of having a driver's license. It's not license. a riotous privilege. Right. No, which I understand. And, and I want to continue this conversation as we into the next segment because there's so many questions now that I have because of that, right? Just because of that knowledge. And then... What about uh, people that are hosting the party? Because I want to get to that, too, because I feel like people need to know what their responsibility is. And we'll get those questions answered for you next on Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice here on Extra 106.3. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback? Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within, combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard, just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year, with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49,905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. 
This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. My name is Tug Cow. Appreciate you spending time with us. If you ever miss anything on the show, you can listen to the podcast version of this show, whether on Apple or Google Play, Amazon Podcasts. You can get them anywhere. The Podcast Park or the Extra 106.3 app. You can get the podcast there. And that way you can listen to the podcast of the show and anything that you miss because the, the legal world is so fascinating because so few people know anything about it. And even the people that think they know about it really don't know about it. And Those I'm sure are the most you, dangerous clients we have. I'm sure you run into that all yeah, the time. Yeah, thank you for that business law class you took in community college in Montana 27 years yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. You're helping me a lot with <laughs> this case. The, the, the ones who are right. educated by watching Matlock. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. And no offense to community college because I started no, at community college. No, okay, but to do with I didn't. It. I didn't get my law degree from it's community exactly college. Right. What law school did Steve Harvey go to? I see that he is now the host of a new judge show, Judge Steve Harvey. When I started practicing law in the dark ages in, in Metro Atlanta and Georgia, there were certain judgeships that you did not have to have a law degree for, and it was mainly probate, probate court. And I think there were some small traffic courts where you did not actually have to be licensed to practice law in the state of Georgia. That I think there's only a handful of those folks who are probably know exactly what to do because they've done it so many times. And that's great. So I'm not slandering them. But, you know, you think you're walking in there and every judge went to Harvard and Yale and mm. Columbia. And mm. No. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no disrespect to anybody in particular, but some of the judges uh, who have law degrees, yes, I wonder what they know about <laughs> it, too. So, right. uh, you know, we, we've all had, had to, be- to deal with that. And and there is something there. There's a judge's handbook. Kind of this is like behind the scenes stuff. There's a right. judge's handbook, particularly for traffic court and things like that. And, like and, a Cliff's Notes? And it's Cliff's Notes. And it, and it runs through there. Like if there's a specific issue, this has been vetted by a panel of judges before and it's kind of like a how to be a judge and and what you look for and and how you deal with situations it's pretty handy yeah well what a lot of folks don't know is that at some levels traffic court municipal court and let's say our smaller cities many of the judges are actually practicing lawyers who will sit as judge you know tuesday and thursday for traffic court but they may not actually be criminal defense lawyers or former mm-hmm. prosecutors they, they may hit practice real estate law or domestic law and they would Family like to be a judge them. right so you know no offense but the traffic code and the criminal code is something that they don't deal with every day and to have a little primer or short that's probably not a bad idea yeah, yeah. They, yeah. look they, there's a decab state court judge who just recently retired but when she was first starting out had her first trial i was fortunate enough to be the lawyer trying a car wreck case in front of there against an old all-state lawyer he and i knew each other really well well this judge her entire background had been as a federal prosecutor. And that's all she had done. And now she's on the state court bench trying car wreck cases. She didn't know what to do. And he and I literally walked her through sure. the process because we knew each other well enough. Yeah. Neither one of us was trying to sneak anything in. Sure. And, and said, Judge, no, in the civil case, we've got to go through this first. And this is yeah. how you rule with these issues. And so we were the handbook in that case. How does the client react to that? I bet they would be pretty nervous if the, if the lawyers are walking the judge through it. Well, you know, you come to the bench from a certain particular background. None of us are really any more general practitioners. Back in the day, folks became judges, usually at sort of the last part of their career. So they have a 20, 25 year legal career before they went to the bench. Now we're seeing that much earlier in folks' career where they have a very specific focus. They're in a district attorney's office. They've prosecuted felony criminal cases. They may know a little bit about car wreck cases or divorce cases or all all the other type zoning matters, but really what they need is a really good law clerk. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, and they do figure it out pretty well. Yeah, and they figure it out. 
All right. I want to get back on track with the conversation we we're having in the earlier segment about Christmas parties. You leave. What is the responsibility of someone hosting a party? And we'll get to that in a second. But I want to go back to finish up what we were talking about, the voluntary tests sure. that you can take on the side of the road. Look, if you decide not to take those tests, as you said in the first segment, then you could lose your license for up to a year, a year. just right. by saying I'm not Audit. taking That's these right. tests. That's right. Would you ever recommend doing that then? Not taking the test? Yes. Here's my rule. Okay. If you really, really, really only had two Miller lights, take the test. You're going to, and you know, and there's nothing else in your system, okay? You yeah, didn't, right. You didn't do a Snoop Dogg uh, yeah. <laughs> before, you know. <laughs> rolling down the street smoking, You're, you're going to either pass the test or be really close enough for a good lawyer to, to do something with it, okay? Mm-hmm. If you had 12 beers on the lake all day, I'm not going to tell you to take the test or not going to take tests. All I'm telling you is if you take the test and you blow a .189 and you come to my office, we got a harder case. Yeah. I mean, we just do. You're giving the prosecution the evidence to convict you. To some extent with DUIs, if nobody's hurt, right, if you didn't hurt a, a, yeah. a, a person, right. to some extent you get a mulligan. Okay. It's an expensive mulligan. Yeah. You get, and, and if you're not a golfer listening to this, you, you do get a do-over, yeah. right? Yeah. A little bit. It's painful. It's going to cost you money. It's going to right. follow you right. the rest of your life. And I mean, it may prevent you from getting certain jobs. It may uh, hurt your credit. It, it, there's all kinds of impacts that it can have. But you get a little bit of a do-over in the sense that you almost certainly don't have to do any significant jail time. Uh, sometimes you don't have to do any jail time, and sometimes a skilled lawyer like Ray can get the charge reduced from a DUI to something less than that. But if you have had a prior DUI, mm. and now you're drinking again— That's a pattern. And, and, and it's a pattern, and you've blown it. The second one, the third one, they're going to come down on you as well they should, and—, and Obviously, we go back to don't drink and drive. But if, but if you're now pulled over and you know, I just had one of these three years ago and, and I'm going to get another one right now, that needs to color your decision-making process there as well. Yeah. But I will tell you, in your refusal, your allowable refusal to take the voluntary field sobrieties, at that point, the officers, they won't say it, but they're going to arrest you at that point in yeah, time. They, right. they, they can't use that as part of the evidence. Well, he refused right. to take the voluntary test. What they'll say is... This is no, it's not any one factor. It's a accumulation of all right. of the things I've seen since right. I first noticed you driving on the shoulder of the road mm-hmm. <laughs> for three mm-hmm. miles and not pulling yeah. over when I turned on my blue lights and the loud order of alcoholic beverages about your breath and person, your slurred speech, your red and glass eyes. Oh, I can yeah. read. I can write that report. Yeah, I can, I <laughs> yeah. can hear. You're like you've read a few of those. <laughs> yeah, a few yeah, of yeah, them. The other thing you asked Tug um, was about the suspension and. Again, when Ray and I were first starting out, if you had your license suspended living in the Atlanta area, that was a tremendous hardship. You couldn't get anywhere. You couldn't do anything. You were housebound. If you were fortunate enough to live on a martyr route, maybe you could get from point A to point B, but it really impacted you. In today's world, where number one, there's rideshare and you can get places. Number two, so many more people are working remotely, so you can- do your job, perhaps, if you're in a field that, that lends itself to that, without actually having to go to an office. You can have food brought to you from a grocery store, from restaurants. Th- there's so many more ways that you can function without having to yeah. drive your car yeah. that it's not the hardship it once was to lose your license. But, but to everybody listening, please don't tell the officer that I listened to Ray Judy Chambers <laughs> Hagen, and they told me <laughs> not to take said. tests. I'm telling you, don't get drunk, don't drive drunk, impaired. And you got to make a hard decision. 
If you're not going to take any of these tests, you are going to hire a lawyer because they're going to arrest you, and you are going to pay a good attorney's fee to fight the case. So if you've really been nailing it all day and you don't want to give them the evidence to prosecute you, then then there's the, a decision you, you should make. You, you and, choose the other decision. And right. recognize that there's a limit to what lawyers can do That's, and also yeah. recognize that, that there are consequences for your actions of and course. your decisions. Personal and I'll responsibility. Give you just, just a quick example. A, a very successful lawyer that I went to law school with um, who lived up in the D.C. area, um, he had a DUI. He made an illegal turn as he was doing his DUI or as he was drunk driving and hit two people who were on a motorcycle. Those two people both died in oh this my. crash. He was charged with and prosecuted for felony vehicular homicide. And it will be this week that he is released from jail where he's been there for the last nine years. Wow. Um, having killed two people while drunk and derailing not just their lives, but his own life in the process. And yeah. and how simple a decision would it have been for him not to do that? So recognize that there can be horrible consequences yeah. to your decision making yeah. and and you're going to have to set, suffer the consequences. And this guy not only was a great lawyer himself, he hired the best lawyer who was available up there. There's a limit to how much uh, people can do for no you. No doubt about it. All right, let's let's transition then to you're hosting a party at your house. What responsibilities do you have for the people that come to your house, have have alcoholic beverages, because most people at parties are going to have a, a couple cold pops or, or a couple cocktails. What responsibilities do you have? I mean, it's not like you can just stand at the door and be like, hey, I need you to sign this waiver before you come in. I mean, who's going to do it? Nobody's going to do that. You can do that. You, I mean, you can. <laughs> you, but, I mean, what's the likelihood of somebody's well, actually well, going to do uh, that? Bruce and I were both invited to Christmas parties, a very popular and big lawyer Christmas party over this past weekend. And the hosts required that everybody who attended had their COVID shots, their vaccinations, or a recent test. And you couldn't come in otherwise. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you had to agree to that. Okay. So as the host, as the owner of the property, or if you're renting a property, you can set these rules. No, of course. Uh, I mean, I you, know can, you can have a portable breath test machine there. You can have an off-duty officer that you say, look, I want you to make sure nobody gets drunk, is drunk. And if they are, you tackle them before. The, you, there's a lot of things you can do, and there are a lot of things you should do. Because if you own your house and the property value has gone up 27% in the last nine months, you want to keep that house. Yeah, of course. You want to pay your homeowner's insurance and have a $2 million umbrella, right? Yeah, and, yeah. And if you're providing the alcohol, you have a lot of responsibility. Sure. Yeah, so and this, this came up uh, this week. Uh, Ray and I both do regular appearances on our sister station, 680 The Fan, and I was on with um, Chuck and Chernoff. They actually let you finish your thought? Well, they do let me finish my thoughts. They only cut me off when it gets to oh, the point of me giving my sports opinions oral, and, uh, and analysis. It takes, and, you know, I, it's it's a shame because I always do a tremendous amount of show prep, and I, I was I ready. Know you, you know, I was ready to talk about the college football playoff this this week, and, and I don't know what happens, but I get cut off every single time. I need to get that phone line But, the, you know, Chuck would, was hosting a party and had some some legitimate questions, and so there, there are a couple of things to think about and and one of them is you know what responsibility do you have for the actions of guests at your party if they go out and hurt somebody else right. but then also what duty do you have uh, and what obligation do you have to anybody who comes to your house and is injured while on the premises hurts themselves uh, so two different things Ray brings up a good point which is start with make sure your insurance policy 
is in effect. Mm -hmm. The last thing you want is to find out that somebody slipped and fell on uh, your front stoop because you didn't put de-icer out and uh, it it was 20 degrees outside and wet and and icy uh, and they get hurt and crack their skull and then you contact your insurance company and say, hey, we sent you a notice six months ago. You hadn't paid your premiums. Your insurance was canceled. So Mm. you now are personally responsible if there was any damage uh, and, and if there's a legitimate claim. So start from that premise. Yeah, right? Yeah. no, that's a good place uh, to start for sure. The other thing, Ray mentioned this one uh, party that uh, they said, we, we want proof of vaccination. It's very hard to make a claim against somebody if you contract COVID-19. But this was interesting. This party, the invitations went out over Evite, right? It's so easy these days to put, if you wanted people to have a release, you know, when you RSVP, check this box and you could put the terms of your waiver and release. I release the homeowner from any responsibility if I'm injured on their premises. Uh, I release them from any responsibility if my actions cause harm to some third party. You could put whatever you want there and people just check it like we check everything uh, online without reading it. I mean, why do certain venues have you wear a wristband? Because they've checked your ID up front, therefore mm-hmm. you can buy alcohol, so they're not serving an underage person. I mean, mm-hmm. as as the owner or, or you know controller of the party, you can set the rules. Now, what you've also got to do, just because you make the rules, doesn't mean you can then turn Enforce a blind their, eye. Yeah. You know, so one of these, it's called dram shop for businesses. Dram being the uh, shot of rum that the uh, sailors used to get when they served on the high seas here, if they here. had a good day. Uh, or host liability, which is really for your home or your party at the lake. Uh, bars and restaurants have really got to be careful. And again, one of the big problems that bars and restaurants and other purveyors of alcohol have is they don't know what the person, the guest has done all day long before they came to dinner at 7.30 and then mm-hmm. ordered a bottle of wine. Perhaps perhaps that bottle of wine is the, the third act in a three-act play of drinking. Uh, perhaps it's the first. So, again, it, it, there used to be a program that Budweiser and Anheuser-Busch did called TIPS where they trained anyone who bought, you know, bar that bought a lot of Budweiser products. They would train their bartenders and, and their waiters to look for the signs of alcohol. Unfortunately, at a .08, which is the legal limit, right, you know, a lot of us can – Function pretty well at point eight, sadly. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot of experience. But uh, <laughs> so, so you want if you're a restaurant, you want to have your folks take that training. You want to have some things posted. You want to have some rules, and you can't be afraid to cut somebody off. They may they may make some noise about it. Uh, a lot of stadiums what start stop serving beer after the seventh inning yeah, or halftime rules like yeah. that. So yeah, you've got to be careful and don't think it can't happen to you. It's always the one guy who's had too many but can hide it. And as Bruce says, goes here's here's a prominent local lawyer. I'm sure he was at a party or a restaurant or a bar, and nobody cut him off, and he wound up killing two people and changing so many lives because somebody served him one or two, or he bought one or two more. Yeah, right. it seems it seems like there's so many layers. But but when I think about like if I were to host a party at my house, that would be the last. I mean. Now that you've said it, Bruce, I would probably say, hey, let's make sure our insurance is – I mean, I know we've paid our insurance, but let's make sure it's all covered and, and people are co- a lot of people are coming over. But because you've said that, that would trigger me to think that. I don't know that I've ever even considered having somebody sign a waiver to come to a party at my house. It just seems like 
Yeah, but if you know. do it, and Bruce pointed out, great. You just at the bottom yeah, of the evite. Right. If you do the you evite, you put all the disclaimers but, and but check it. Nobody check thinks it off. this way. Uh, no, only Ray, think Ray this and way. I have a warped view of the world <laughs> cool. because of because our jobs to. we do. But nobody thinks like this. And we reverse so, engineer so, all these problems right. that people bring to us, and then we sort of say, well, at the root of this was a simple check or a waiver. So, so let's talk about some other things then, separate from the waiver, right? Uh, if you're hosting a party and you're doing this at your house, mm. whatever. Um, it's, it's a great time to do a fresh assessment of what hazards exist on this property that I take for granted because I live with them every day. And I know but, where to and step I, and or I not know, to step. I, I know that there, there's a loose handrail. I, I know that there's a missing step here or a stone that, that comes loose every time I step on this. Or I, an uneven sidewalk. Yeah, things like that. So, so do a critical self-assessment, and then when you come across these things, number one, correct them if you can. Uh, a big one at parties tends to be lighting. That, that, you know, you're going to do something outdoors at your house and there are dark areas, right? And so you know that, okay, at the bottom of that dark area, I know there's steps. I'm going to be ready for that. But the first person who, or the person who comes to your house for the first time may not know that there are steps there, may not have 20-20 vision, may have had two drinks that you provided to them, and may fall down those steps without realizing that they're even there. So do what you can. Illuminate, right? Light things up literally like a Christmas tree, so that people can see where they're going. When there are dangerous conditions like loose rocks or steps that are broken or handrails that are broken, fix them in advance of the party. Great opportunity for you to sort of, sort of go through <laughs> yeah. and, and, and fix up your you know, yeah. things that are falling and apart. And especially if you've been put on notice, that's a really important word in the law for these type of cases, from your homeowners association that says, hey, by the way, we did an inspection and the, uh, the front rail of your steps down to the sidewalk are loose, need to be repaired immediately, and six months later you don't do it and the rail falls at the Christmas party and somebody falls and breaks their arm, you've got a problem now. You are been put on notice by people who are supposed to do that. You let an unreasonable amount of time go by before curing the problem. That is a simple problem to cure, probably get somebody out there to fix it or tighten up the bolts. So you've got to, if you're on notice of a problem, whether it's your bad tires on your car because you went and had them rotated and they came back and said you've got no brakes left and you're riding on the, you know, you're riding mm -hmm. on the cords right. and then you have an accident, that's excess liability. Those can be punitive damages for ignoring a clear-cut warning to a danger. Here's another one. You're having people to your house and you know that you have a dog that has a propensity to get very uptight and attack people when they're at the house because it's happened before, right? So this dog has bitten folks before because there's loud music or there's people around and the dog gets nervous, whatever the reason is. And now you're inviting people to your home, but not taking appropriate precautions to have the dog elsewhere for the night or make sure that dog is safely closed in a room somewhere where nobody's going to go. If you're just letting that, that dog roam around when you know, because it's happened before, that the dog has a history of biting people, if it happens at that party because somebody sees your sweet-looking dog and wants to pet him and the dog bites them on the hand or face in the process, guess what? You're on the hook yeah. for that, yeah, too, because that, yeah. you, you know it's, it's just as if you had a hole in your backyard and you tried to cover it up, uh, but you didn't fill it in. You're going to be responsible yeah. for knowing that you had a, a well, dangerous condition. We can do a whole condition. show on dog bite cases because they're... Yeah. There go about prior behavior. What were you notified of? Has it nipped at somebody before? Did you train the dog? Has it been professionally trained? There are some breeds of dogs that your insurance company, your homeowner's policy, will make you buy a separate addendum dog bite policy. So it's like a pit bull, Rottweiler, yeah, some, some, of them. Of the, yep. some of those. And, and then, look, I'm a dog lover. Yeah, me too. And I, nothing's friendlier than a big 150-pound Rottie. 
they're just big babies until they clamp somebody and, and <laughs> you know right. with five thousand pounds of pressure and they yeah. usually don't but there are certain breeds that insurance companies charge you extra for all right what happens in that says so we'll stay on the dog let's say because we have a little bitty schnauzer puppy right he's a year old and we're going through the process of teaching him not to snip he doesn't bite He's never broken skin, but he'll nip just because he's he's a puppy. Yeah, there's a difference. And, right. and, and, and what you're talking about is this sort of training that goes along. Georgia has a rule of law that a lot of states do, and they call it the one-bite rule. And, and if you have no reason to think that your dog is an inherently aggressive breed of dog— and it's not subject to local ordinance that would deal with something like that, then the rule is just what it sounds like. You get one bite, right? Mm -hmm. The dog can, uh, until you're put on notice as the owner of that pet that this dog mm -hmm. has a propensity to bite, it's not your responsibility. But once that dog has bitten somebody, and it's not the playful nipping around and, and you know, you're trying to have a tug of war with a chew toy and he gets you on the finger, it's not that. It's mm -hmm. it's the dog has bitten somebody, has, mm -hmm. has been aggressive. Yeah. Um, you're you're ex exonerated from any liability there. But when you know that it happens, now you are responsible for it. And, and what it means is you have to take reasonable precautions to make sure it doesn't happen again. So it might mean that dog needs to be on a leash at all times. It might mean that dog needs to be behind a fence at all times and not running freely in your neighborhood. Or that you are putting a muzzle on the dog if it's a real problem. You know, there, there are, It doesn't mean you're completely automatically liable for whatever happens it means you have to take reasonable precautions to make sure it doesn't happen yeah i think one thing is don't assume that everybody else is a dog lover yeah or knows how yeah. to react and behave around dogs what I've, I've had dogs all my life and one of the things i've seen is that when a person acts like they're afraid of the dog the dog goes defensive yes you're and right sometimes gets offensive defensively so just don't assume that because we're all dog lovers that everybody is or that, you know, oh, he just nipped me a little bit, didn't leave a mark. No, that To some people, that may be a traumatic event. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I feel yeah. sorry for those people, Yeah, uh, right. and I don't want that to happen. But, you know, not everybody yeah. has to have their skin broken in blood to say, I've, I've been scared of your dog and bit yeah. by your dog. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Go ahead. What were you about to say? No, I'm saying, and it doesn't even have to be a bite because it could just be an aggressive lunge or a dog that jumps up on Knock people. Knock somebody you know, down. I, I'm not worried about a playful dog jumping mm -hmm. up on me. Uh, but my 90-year-old mother-in-law, who weighs 30 pounds, uh, yeah, would be toppled by something Absolutely like that. Absolutely right. So, and you can break a bone, especially at that age. Absolutely. So you have to be mindful of your dog's behavior like that. And and so that's just another example of how if you're having people to your home, have some self-awareness. What What is the situation in my household? But there one of the things Bruce and I have talked about in many shows is we'd be more than happy to look at your automobile policy to make sure you have sufficient coverages and your homeowner's policy. Yeah. And in many times... If you're with one of the premium companies, and I, I just send people to the better companies, get your automobile policy at the same place you get your homeowners, because for a very small amount of money, you can buy an umbrella, which gives you a lot of coverage and lets yeah. you sleep a little. Not that you want something to happen and you say, no, oh, big deal. Got, but, but that's what insurance is. You want to keep your stuff. That's right. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. This is Extra 106.3, your day in court. This is the stuff that we do on this show, just to put you in the right frame of mind. Just like I, when I responded to, to Bruce and Ray about, I would never think of that. That's why we do the show. So you can think of those things. Maybe you don't think it through the, the lens that these guys do because they've seen it all in court and, and cases that have been filed and, and, and lawsuits that have been filed. It's just good to be able to think through things. And like uh, these guys said, if you need help, Dial them up. We'll get you their information shortly. Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. This is your day in court on Extra 1063.
Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And you Use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49,905, excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. This is the final segment of your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 1063. My name is Tug Cowart. Uh, we're going to finish the show with the accused Michigan high school shooter, Ethan Crumley. Uh, he got a court appointed lawyer. His parents actually hired their own private legal team. Their names are James and Jennifer Crumley. They were charged with involuntary manslaughter in their 15-year-old's first-degree murder case. Has this ever been done before? Well, the prosecutors have tried uh, over the years to try to enforce parental supervision and to punish parents for what we might call really bad or negligent parenting. There aren't a lot of laws on the books for that. It tends to be more in the civil world, Bruce's world. So mommy and daddy buy 16-year-old Johnny for his 16th birthday, a Corvette with 9,000 horsepower, (laughs) no specialized training. He's still got a temporary license. And that night he goes out and kills somebody or his passenger has a bad wreck. Well, there may be some real civil liability there. That means the parents could be sued for the negligence, negligence training providing him mm-hmm. the automobile. In the criminal world, we have not seen many of those cases. You know, just because your 17-year-old turns into a criminal doesn't necessarily mean you, as a parent, are criminally responsible for his or her behavior. Right. We certainly haven't seen it with any mass shooting suspects. Michigan has no statute on this, but there is some case law precedent on the subject when it comes to this. And there was a case from 2018 where parents left a shotgun loaded and available where a 10-year-old child got to it and killed somebody. Uh, And so they do have a standard here based on the legal concept of gross negligence. Basically, in order to establish this from a criminal standpoint, the prosecutor has to show three things. The knowledge of a situation requiring the exercise of ordinary care and diligence to avert injury to another. That's issue number one. Number two, the ability to avoid the resulting harm by ordinary care and diligence. And then number three, that the omission or failure to use such ordinary care and diligence to avert the threatened danger was present. That's the standard, at least from this other case, which is factually much different than this case. This issue really really here is not so much about did the parents buy this gun for their 15-year-old kid because 
they did, and apparently that's not illegal in and of itself. More so about what did you know about your child's mental capacity and his ongoing struggles with what seems to be this mental illness that drove him to want to kill people and want to hurt people, and that he was seemingly reaching out to you for help or letting you know he felt this way, and there was no intervention on the part of the parents. And so to some extent, you might think this is just grandstanding by a prosecutor. On the other hand, you might look at this and say, you know, this is a case where we really do need to step in here because it's bigger even than just the facts of this case. Something has to be done to curtail these high school kids from being in possession of deadly weapons and having an inclination to use them the way that they're using them. Yeah, this case, though, uh, should it hold up? And again, the prosecutors charge these parents not with some negligent conduct or omission of behavior, but with manslaughter, directly contributing to the death of the children that were, were shot uh, by their child, by their son. This is a slippery slope. I mean, where, did, where does this go? I and mean, this is a tragic death case. The boy clearly either has mental disabilities or some other issue, but he's culpable. But what about, what if, what if he didn't kill anybody, but he took the handgun and robbed the gas station and the guy behind the counter had a heart attack during the robbery? He took daddy's gun. Totally legal weapon. The kid had used the weapon. What's the cutoff? Does it have to be a homicide? Can it be a robbery? Can it be a burglary? Can it be a car chase? Can it be a a shoplifting case? And, you know, what about the working parents or the parents who are dealing with their own problems? They've got drug issues, whatever. They're just not around to supervise these kids, and the kids are kind of raising themselves. You know, we see it every day in in cities all over America, Uh, and it's it's a real problem. And is that going to create a separate criminal liability there. No, I think you're 100% right, Ray. This is a a big, big issue. And think about it, too. It's so much different than the situation we saw recently with the parents of Brian Laundrie because their actions really were more judged by what did they do after the girlfriend was killed. And this is something about what did you do That's a separate crime. They committed a crime, whether it's obstruction or whatever. Right. If they did what it appears they did, then they may have committed a crime here. But but had, had he not committed suicide, which is what we believe happened, his parents would have no criminal responsibility for the death of the young girl out in Colorado or the mountains. I mean, in my opinion. So so, so a different analysis where in that situation, the parents' actions are governed by what did they do after Mm -hmm. the crime had been committed. Here, it's what did these parents fail to do as well as potentially actively do in anticipation of this crime being committed. Isn't the the terrible case in Connecticut, I think it's Sandy Hook, where 26... Yes, Sandy Hook. I believe that the mom bought the shooter, the AR-15, like two days prior to that, and she wasn't charged with anything that I'm aware of. You know, that's what lawyers do. We push the envelope of the law and other lawyers push back and there will be criminal defense lawyers or the ACLU or some other organization or they'll have a GoFundMe. They're going to have a very well uh, lawyered response to what I see is a it's a thing that makes sense to most of the listeners. OK, you know, but it's not what the law says. I don't know that this prosecutor's got the statutory authority to charge what she's charged. But it's going to be fascinating yeah. from the legal point of yeah, view and very potentially dangerous because uh, it's just not going to be in the, the nice households or the not-so-nice households, but everybody in between. Anybody yeah. who hears this and you've got an A-plus student at a great school and you know captain of this and charity that – and all of a sudden decides, he and his buddies decide, you know, their hoodlum friends, as song used to say, commit a crime. Are you responsible for that? Yeah, I have a friend uh, who does criminal law in this town and has for a long time, and he's represented a lot of high school-age kids. And, and he, he jokes around, he's like, 
I know. They're all good kids. We, we I get yeah, it. They're yeah, all good kids right. because, you know, that's what the parents that's want to be. It's yeah. a good kid who just made a mistake. And maybe that is true. But, you know, I, I encourage parents, treat your kids like the little criminals that they are and, and, and don't <laughs> enable them to right. commit the crimes that right. they're going to commit, especially the boys, because th- this is just... The undeveloped adolescent brain is yeah. is yeah. a very dangerous thing to have to and try to And fueled by access to every type of thing that we were maybe as in our age bracket were protected we're from, from, shielded yeah. from. We had more, you know, fences, whether it was going to church and going to school and the Cub Scouts. I mean, we just had more. We had less freedom. Therefore, less opportunity to do something yeah. stupid and Idle wrong. Idle hands, right? <laughs> right? Idle hands going yeah, back and, to Yeah, and, and, the and there was statement. no YouTube, so I couldn't learn how to make a ghost gun or, or something or like this or watch a video. Th- with a 3D printer how to use or something. a 3D printer yeah. to, to make weapons that are undetectable by metal detectors. Yeah. We didn't have that. It was hard enough just to sneak my dad's Playboys. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. right. Man, we grew up a hard, didn't we? We grew up a uh, Actually, that's, that sounds kind of crazy. Though. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that was not intended Things to be that way. Things were more difficult that's, is that's, what you're trying exactly. to say. You're exactly right. All right, folks need to uh, get some help. They've uh, run amok with uh, with the law. Bruce, how do they get a hold of you? Bruce at Hagen-Law.com is the email. You can call me anytime, 404-522-7553. Always here, uh, always available to answer any questions or help you with your personal injury claims. Yeah, Ray Judice. We're now in Roswell, our offices, but you know, anything in the metro Atlanta area. Right now, I'm working on a gun at the airport case. Uh, I don't know how folks keep putting guns in their carry on baggage. Is this the f- one that went off? That's a brand new one. Oh, it's a new a one. Brand, okay. It's like happening right now. Oh, wow. And uh, so that's down in Clayton County. And yesterday, I was hired on a very serious case up in Paulding County. So uh, as long as gas stays under $5 a gallon, uh, I can get to that courthouse. And I, I still love to go to court. I was up in Hall County yesterday in front of a wonderful judge. Got a great resolution for my client. Everybody was happy. Uh, you know, it's just, I just, I miss going to court. And I'm so happy to be back in the courtrooms. There you go. If you need help, these are the two men that you should reach out to uh, individually. If you miss their numbers, you can always find them when you listen to the podcast version of this show that you can find on Apple or Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, or at thepodcastpark.com, or even on the Extra 106.3 app. Make it a great day. Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954 MSRP 49,905 excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. 
You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Camp Margaritaville RV Resort, where you can just breathe in and breathe out. (sighs) Or move. There's biking, boating, arcade games, hiking, nearby golfing. Or fly through the new Fins Up Water Park. Thrills, chills, twists, and turns. This could be you. Camp Margaritaville at Lanier Islands. An easy one-hour drive from Atlanta. Book your stay today at CampMargaritavilleLanierIslands.com. 